Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Plant Wisdom Podcast. I'm Emily Smith, your host of Guide to Wholeness. And in this episode, I interview Heather McFarland. She is a licensed mental health therapist and substance use disorder counselor since 2017. She is the founder and creator of Floral Healing Therapy that combines floral arranging with talk therapy. Clients arrange flowers in counseling to heal from depression, anxiety, and trauma. Heather also facilitates virtual and in-person workshops and events. I know you're going to really enjoy this episode. She also just released a journal on clearing anxiety and was so, so generous in gifting me this journal, which I was really excited to learn about in this episode and talk with her. And I've been using it and it's been really, really helpful of getting all my thoughts out on paper with different prompts. And there's also tips to manage your anxiety and stress. So I highly recommend it. And she can be found on her website floralhealingtherapy.com and the same name on Instagram. So hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Plant Wisdom Podcast, Heather. I am so excited to have you here and I would love to learn along with my listener of how you really learn to combine um, therapy, your background in therapy with flowers. Like what was the road you took to get there? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, Emily. I'm excited to be here too. And my journey with floral healing therapy came about by already being a therapist. So I was already practicing counseling and then a spiritual teacher in my life, she said that she saw me working with flowers and I asked her how I was like, okay, you know, that's awesome. I love flowers. How how do you see it? What do you see? And she said, I don't know, but I just, I see you working with flowers. And so I was already a therapist and really loved being a therapist. So I just held that vision that she got um, in my mind. And over time, the idea evolved to incorporate flowers into my counseling practice. So initially I thought, oh, I could do therapy in a flower shop because flower shops smell so good. It would be so calming and relaxing. And then I was thinking, oh, I could use the flowers in the therapy. And then I thought, okay, I could make them a main part of the therapy and a main part of the therapeutic modality, and I could call it floral healing therapy. And then I started telling people about it, and they loved the idea, and I got this overwhelming sense that it was what I was meant to do. And so I combined the two and I've been offering this since 2019. Wow. So it sounds like you were divinely led to that um, and combining them. Because I know from learning about you that you always loved flowers. um, And then you, you know, you got this advice now to combine them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a simple little hint of you're going to work with flowers some way. And then over time, I got the idea to combine them. Yeah. Yeah. So what exactly do you and the clients do with the flowers in counseling? 
So right now, since we're still with the uncertainty of the pandemic, I'm offering virtual sessions for my individual therapy clients. And I'm licensed in Oregon and Washington. And the clients will pick out flowers, usually from the grocery store or a local flower farm or CSA, something like that. And they bring the flowers to the video sessions. And we do a grounding meditation. I guide them through it so that they can connect to the flowers, connect to the present moment, and shake off the day and really arrive to be present in the therapy session. And then they arrange the flowers while we're talking, while we're doing counseling. And often there's a topic that we're focused on, so the arrangement may represent that. And then at the end of the session, or towards the end, so we still have some time to talk about it, I will guide them through a meditation where they set an intention for what they want the flowers to represent. So it might come from them, or it might come from the flowers, but the intention is a reminder or a mantra of what they or the flowers think they need to be reminded of for the week while the flowers are in bloom, so that that way each time they look at it, they're reminded, okay, yes, I'm working on this. This is what I need to focus on this week. So it's really helpful. It's a goal-setting tool. Wow. That's so so creative so that it's like an anchor almost that they have that visual reminder of those intentions and the work you do in the therapy to remind them like a physical reminder. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. How have you noticed the flowers to be beneficial for clients with depression, anxiety, and trauma? Yeah, that's a great question. And those are the three mental health conditions that I specialize in treating. And so it depends on the symptoms that the person is experiencing. So for example, with depression, a lot of times people will experience sadness, tearfulness, hopelessness, lack of pleasure and things they used to enjoy. And so the transformation that they get from floral healing therapy is that the flower arranging gets them involved in something outside themselves. And so they don't feel so alone or so caught up in their own experience. And then it also increases their self-efficacy in their creativity. So by taking these flowers that they got and arranging them from scratch into something beautiful, it increases the feeling of, okay, I did this once, I can do this again. And it also becomes a new hobby. So oftentimes when people are experiencing depression, they may lose interest in hobbies. And so getting a new hobby like flower arranging is really therapeutic. And then there's a sense of pleasure that they get from engaging with the flowers. And also the different colors too can spark a lot of joy. So if someone's experiencing depression, I might ask them to make an arrangement that represents their depression or that represents what they want to heal into. And so they might choose really bright colors if they're wanting more fun and more vibrancy in their life. And they might might choose like the darker colors to represent the struggle and what they're experiencing. So the flowers really can represent a lot in the therapy. And then with anxiety, it's a lot of people will describe their minds racing, they're overthinking, can't slow down, 
hardly in the present moment, uh, and an activated nervous system, which manifests in physical symptoms like um, sweating or rapid heart rate or tightness in the chest or upset stomach. And so working with the flowers can help them slow down and be present. I really work with the five senses when they're engaging with the flowers so that they're really tuned in to the flowers and tuned into the present moment. And it takes them out of that overthinking mode. And then it also, I think that, you know, a lot of us have like all these ideas going on all the time and maybe um, struggle to have focus. And so with the intention setting, it really helps people, people narrow down their focus. So I ask them to choose one or two things that they want their bouquet to represent. And then that way they feel more grounded because they don't have as many overwhelming thoughts or ideas. And then for trauma, people can experience things like flashbacks or feeling like they're floating, watching life pass them by, also being hypervigilant or always on edge or high alert is really common if someone's experienced trauma. And so engaging with the flowers brings them into the here and now. And they also learn to adopt the pace of nature. So slowing down, things don't need to happen all at once. And then it can also increase tolerance for when things are slow or peaceful. So a lot of times people who have a trauma history will be used to things being really fast paced or always something's going on in a constant state of chaos. And in floral healing therapy, we really slow down and engage with the flowers and they get more comfortable doing that and feel safer doing that with the flowers there to support them in that process. So it can be really transformational for people with depression, anxiety, and trauma. And those are some of the ways. That's beautiful. And thank you for breaking each of those down. It's almost like art therapy. It sounds like when you were saying to make the bouquet based on how you're feeling. Like I do that with myself recently. I'm just like, just paint what I'm feeling and just get it out there. So I see how beneficial that could be. And also it does sound like a fun hobby. Like now this is making me want to learn about <laughs> floral arrangements because you could have so much creativity of like choosing, like you were saying, the colors and um, you know, arranging them creatively in your own way and really focusing on that and channeling your emotions through that. That is mm-hmm. so, so powerful. And even just like connecting with nature, right? Um, yeah. In that way. Um, what do you love the most about working with flowers in your therapy? Yeah, I think connecting with nature is a huge one, especially right now where we all have so much screen time in our lives, it's um, really helpful to have the flowers in front of the client while they're doing the therapy because it just makes it so you're not making eye contact with me as a therapist the whole time or the screen also. And so it's wonderful to have something to do with your hands, something pretty and soothing to look at. And let's see.
Oh, yeah. So sometimes uh, when people don't bring flowers to the appointment, just because things come up and maybe they didn't have time to grab them or whatever the case is, I notice that if they're used to working with the flowers, when they don't have them, they're not as grounded or as centered when they're working with the flowers. And so when they're arranging the flowers, they really do slow down. They really do connect to the present moment. And it's a very soothing activity for people. So I love watching them arrange the flowers and noticing the ways that they're benefiting from the flowers. And then also, for me, it feels like my true calling and my true path. It's a modality that I created that is true for me. And it's I'm seeing that it's beneficial for people. And it offers that creative and expressive element that I was missing in my traditionally talk therapy practice. And so, you know, when you're on your true path, you feel so ignited and so lit up by it. And it's such a freeing feeling to have my own private practice where I can create my own schedule and the clients who seek me out, they have a special connection to plants or flowers to begin with most of the time. And if not, they have a an openness to it. And so I love nurturing that connection to nature and flowers for people. Yeah, that is so true. I could see that it's more expressive than typical talk therapy. And it kind of removes that barrier. Like you were saying, you're not just like looking back at each other, like you're watching them doing the flower arrangement. And I could see how that would be helpful in letting people's guards down a bit because they're very present and kind of focus on this activity and mm-hmm. and healing with nature, which I think is so needed. Like you were saying, um, I've just I've seen that as well with a, a client before, and like her connecting with her plants, and it's something that you have to nurture that connection. So I love that you've built it into your practice, where it's just part of it so naturally, and it definitely does feel like this is your thing. Like I felt that right away when I you know, stumbled across your Instagram, which is full of beautiful pictures of flowers, but it's just like that energy behind it of, you know, you've seen this transform your therapy practice and your clients' lives and you've seen it, you know, in your own life as well. So I love that you're bringing this practice to the world that you, so you've trademarked this, right? Floral healing therapy, or you invented it though, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that compliment. That's really wonderful to hear that you could tell it's my true calling and my true passion. And as far as trademarking, so it's complicated in that, I don't know if you know about trademarks, but I did look into it. And so in order to get something trademarked, you, okay, basically floral healing therapy can't be trademarked because the way that it sounds is descriptive of what it is. And you can only trademark something that isn't self-explanatory in the title. So I did look into it and I consulted with a lawyer on that. And the way to, you know, trademark it without the official trademark is to put out, you know, media about it and have things timestamped. And so I was on the news last year and uh, have been on another podcast and 
um, was interviewed by this local flower team. So those are the ways in which it's trademarked to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did create floral healing therapy. So it's something that once I thought of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. And so I Googled it. I was like, well, maybe someone else is already doing it and no one was. And so I created it. And the cool thing is, is that now I get therapists, healers, coaches, people from all over the world who want to use floral healing in their practices too, which is amazing. And so I'm working on some type of certification program that I can offer so that more people can use it. That is all so exciting that you're on the news <laughs> and on the media. And like, that's right when you were talking about that, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, you have to do a certification. Like, that's amazing. This is so unique. And and then, yeah, then they can like incorporate this all over the world, like with their practice. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. Um, yeah. So I'm working on like getting it all written down and organized. And that way I can have different standardized things that I can share with people. And you, you know how it is to be a entrepreneur. It's like, I want to offer retreats and you're already doing retreats and just like, I have so many ideas for it. So it's a super exciting time in my life. Yeah, it sounds it. And I also had no idea about the trademark being a different name so that I learned something new about that too. Um, But you'd rather (laughs) want it be descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So I saw you have a journal that just came out, which is so exciting. So tell me and my listener about that process. Like how did you decide to release a journal and what goes in it? How does it work? Yes. So I just published a journal. It's called Releasing Your Anxiety Journal. And I published it with the help of my business coach, Glendora Devine. She's really helping us establish our expertise and get it out into the world. And it's such a vulnerable process to publish something. And so I feel really proud of myself that I (laughs) put it out there because it was like, whoa, like, I can't believe I actually did that. (laughs) And now people want to buy it. And it's so exciting and really fun. And also, you know, it is a nerve wracking experience because it's something that I put a lot of heart into and a lot of my experience into. And so it's called Releasing Your Anxiety Journal, and it has 25 coping skills for anxiety. So I encourage the reader of the journal to use the coping skills in the moment when they're feeling anxious. And if one coping skill doesn't work, you know, just move on to the next one. Try something else until something does work to help you release your anxiety. And then I have some space to write in your own coping skills so that you can write down what's tried and true for you. And I also have 25 stream of consciousness prompts Mm -hmm. in there. So I encourage people to just write without censoring themselves or um, thinking too much about it. Just write so you can get it all out because oftentimes with anxiety, it gets stuck in your head or you're in this loop and you can't seem to get out of it. And putting it down on paper, externalizing it is really therapeutic for people. 
And there's also blank pages in the journal so that you can just write, you know, if you're feeling anxious and you just want to write about it, you can do that as well. And it's just a helpful tool to have around. You can pick up when you need it. And I was thinking recently about this idea of, well, okay, so I called the journal Releasing Your Anxiety Journal. And when I first uh, published it or created it, I don't think I'd published it yet, I called it Conquering Your Anxiety Journal. And um, I think that's like, it's it's what we want to do. Like when we have anxiety, we want to get rid of it. We want to conquer it. But I was thinking, mm, that's not really like a very <laughs> soothing word or what would be more aligned with floral healing therapy. And so I thought of release, like instead of conquer, like, okay, well, what about release? So I changed the name to releasing your anxiety journal. And part of my philosophy is that when you're suffering, it's often because you're not being very nice to yourself or you're trying to suppress your feelings, avoid them, push them away. And with the journal, it gives you a lot of space to feel into your feelings and to write out, you know, some of the negative stuff, some of the positive stuff. It gives space for all range of emotions so that you can feel them and you don't need to push them away. And then through feeling them and writing about them and expressing them and allowing them, you're able to release your anxiety. So it's not so much, okay, I'm conquering it, or I'm just going to decide to let it go. And then there it goes. It's, you're actually tuning into it, allowing it, being kind to yourself through it, and then releasing it. Yeah, that feels much more aligned. I think in theory, we want to conquer it, right? But it always uh-huh. like pops up again. And so, <laughs> yeah, I love releasing it and being with the emotions. And I think it's just such a great tool too that you offer, you know, to people who, you know, can't work with you on virtual, like, or in person that they have this tool and even your clients too, like they can self-heal. And I know journaling is one of my biggest tools that I use. Um, And I completely resonate with, you know, the act of publishing something. I mean, I'm working on a book right now and I haven't published it yet, but I just finish it like the manuscript and I'm like, oh my God, like this is going to be out in the world. So (laughs) props to you for doing that and sharing that with everyone. I think that's so needed right now um, with so much anxiety and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And I think this is like something perfect that people can use at home. Um, And can they do this like with their work with um, flowers and flower arranging? Is it tied to that? Yeah, there are specific floral healing therapy coping mechanisms in the journal. So they can check those out in the journal and utilize them in the moment when they're feeling anxious. And then, yeah, I assign journaling to my clients all the time (laughs) between sessions. So having those blank pages to write out and then, yeah, different prompts are related to the floral healing as well. And it's just a great tool to 
keep track of how you're doing and be able to release it as you go along. You don't have to hold on to all that anxiety. You can externalize it and put it in the journal. Yeah, that's so, so powerful. So I know I saw from your website that you, do you work near a farm or are you near some farm in nature? Is that what it is? It's like picking flowers nearby. Um, I know you're based in Portland. So is there any way that, you know, you're combining your love of flowers in your own life in your daily rituals? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. I have a garden at my house. And so it's in, well, by the time this podcast is released, it'll be in full bloom. And so I'm, we're getting there right now. I planted everything from seed and I'm waiting for it to come up. And so I grow vegetables for food, but then also tons of flowers, especially wildflowers. And so I do use those in my sessions once the, once they're in bloom, I can bring them into the office and have them in the background. And I also like to keep them next to me when I'm doing sessions because it's helpful for me to use for grounding as well. Mm -hmm. And just to get their energy of the flowers and after work, you know, I'll go out in my garden and do some weeding or uh, cut some flowers. And that's just so therapeutic for me. So yeah, I definitely find healing in nature and flowers and feel so lucky that I live in the Pacific Northwest where that is so accessible to us. And I feel very fortunate and I love my garden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool that you have a garden and that you're you know, connected so deeply in that way too with nature and the flowers. And it is this like therapeutic quality of gardening. So I hear <laughs> I don't have my own garden, but I have a lot of plants and just that act of like taking care of it, I feel is, mm. is therapeutic. And like, you're looking after something else and then you're seeing it grow. And I think I saw on your website, right? Like your garden is from June to October. Is that right? Mm-hmm, just about. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you grow? Like just examples of things. So I love treating my garden as an experiment. And so last year was the first year that I really focused on flowers in my garden. And so I got a bunch of dahlia tubers. So I had a beautiful box full of dahlias last year. And then I saved the tubers and I've replanted them for this year. So dahlia tubers in all different sizes and colors. And those are, they're just so show-stopping and beautiful. People love dahlias. So I have dahlias and I have this wildflower mix that you scatter in the garden. And so it's like this can and you scatter it. And the way that it's built is so that it comes out in succession, meaning like some flowers will bloom first and then more will go a little bit later and then more even later. And so it's going to last for about two months and it has things like calendula mm. and, oh gosh, what does it have in it? Calendula, cosmos, zinnias, forget-me-nots, wow. scabiosa. And then this cool flower, it's called Clarkia. So I did some of that. I saved some seeds from last year of the Clarkia. 
and also this lava terra flower. And so I planted those this year. So it's just a big experiment that I love doing and it's low pressure. So it's like, okay, well, you know, not all of them are going to work and that's okay. But when they do, it's so fun to think, oh, wow, I planted that from a tiny little seed and now I get tons of flowers from just one seed. And so the whole process is so fun to witness and like you said, nurture and help it grow and be there for the plants just like they're there for us. Yes, that sounds so fun. Now you're <laughs> inspiring me to have a garden too because it just sounds like, yeah, no pressure of you know making things happen. You're just seeing what works, what doesn't. And yeah, seeing it grow, that must be so rewarding too um, mm-hmm. to do that. And so I know you... <laughs> This might be hard, but do you have like a favorite flower that you work with either with your clients or yourself? I know it can be hard to choose one, but if you had a pick. Ooh, that is a tough one. (laughs) I think I would pick right now, I would pick ranunculus. They're the ones that come out in spring and they're really ruffly and really soft and different colors. And they often have an ombre effect to them. Mm. And I think they're my favorite because they're so soothing to touch. They're really soft and there's, I don't even know how many layers, hundreds and hundreds of layers on one flower. And I also had success with planting it in the fall and then waiting for it to bloom in the spring. And so that was just really fun and rewarding that it made it through the Pacific Northwest winter and then it came up and it was all roughly and yeah, that's got to be one of my favorites. And it's more widely available here too. So I would see a lot of my clients bring them to sessions and brand new colors I had never seen before. So that's been really fun. That's so cool. I haven't heard of Ranuncula, but I'm going to check that out now. And just when you were talking about that too, it's it made me realize like when you're doing the floral therapy, there's like that sensory element too, of like the different textures too, which is not something I thought about. Is that kind of playing into the healing you see too, you think? Yes, definitely. So I ask my clients to tune into the textures of the flowers. So a lot of what I help people with is going beyond what you initially see. So going beyond what you initially see about yourself and also about the flowers. So when we walk by an arrangement or, you know, a bush or something and we see it and we say, oh, that's pretty. And then we move on. And in floral healing therapy, we pause and we engage with the flowers in a new, deeper way. And connecting to that texture is a really great way to do it because you often see things that you had never noticed before. And then you can touch it and you can feel what it's like on your hands and your skin. And so, yeah, there's a lot there when it comes to texture and tuning into the flowers. That's so creative. And it's almost like building a relationship with the flowers, like what you're saying, you know, looking beyond how they look and looking beneath it and getting to know the different parts and the textures. It's very, very creative in a sense, too, of like this deeper relationship with the flowers and just from, you know, my work with plants, it's like, I'm sure the flowers are so thrilled to be used in this way or partnered with in this way. I mean, 
um, to support us, you know, and just like being themselves and just, you know, mm-hmm. easily just like you can look at a flower. And I think what you were saying too, of like you noticed when you had flowers in the office, how it changed, you know, like the atmosphere was like lighter. And I, I noticed that too. And I've been meaning to get flowers. I just haven't yet for my apartment, you know, to like have just, you know, in the kitchen and it just does make such a difference in um, the atmosphere and the positivity they bring. Mm-hmm. They brighten up your space and they have a certain energy that they bring that you can really tune into. Yeah, I actually did get flowers um, now that I remember. They're on my balcony um, of peonies. So those are like the first. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think they're very low maintenance from what I learned. You don't need too much water apparently. So I think this is a good start (laughs) to kind of growing some flowers. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I'm like working towards as well. But you're – so blessed to have this garden that you're tending um, and being in that space. And I know you post on Instagram about it. So um, where can my listener find you online, on Instagram, and where can they find your journal too? Yeah. So I do post a lot of pictures of my garden and flowers on my Instagram. It's at Floral Healing Therapy. And the same thing for Facebook and Pinterest as well. And then my website is www.floralhealingtherapy.com. And I have a blog on there. So I talk a lot about different techniques for the flowers, a lot of stuff about self-kindness, giving yourself credit. And for the journal, you can buy that on thebookpatch.com and search for releasing your anxiety journal, and then you can order it and they will ship it to you. Very cool. Very cool. And it's great that you have a Pinterest, actually. I definitely want to follow you on there and get some ideas for like floral arrangements. And you do workshops as well for floral arrangement, right? Yes, I do. So that's something that I'm getting into now. And I definitely want my business to grow in that direction Mm -hmm. so that I can diversify my offerings. And so, yeah, I do workshops with flower arranging and I'm going to teach people about mindful flower arranging. So a lot of what I've talked about today, different techniques to become more in touch with the flowers when you're arranging them and go deeper with the flowers. And so I do that in a group setting, floral healing workshops, and you can find those on my events page on my website. Very exciting. I definitely want to join one of those in the future because I love that you are incorporating this like mind body aspect of it, you know, because you can, anyone can do floral arrangements, but it's like that deeper relationship with them and this healing process. So I love that you're doing that and offering it. And thank you so much for coming on Plant Wisdom and sharing about this unique modality that you've created. I've loved learning about it. And I know my listener will have as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about it, love sharing it with the world and I appreciate you giving me the platform to do that. So thank you. You're welcome.